What a cool like room just to be in casually. I know that's so nice. So the colors and everything. Yeah. Beautiful, just like Izzy. Hello. Hello, Anthony. See, why is it showing up as Anthony? I just switched accounts. <laughs> I mean, not that that matters, but I just switched accounts. Yeah, no. See, it says. What was the right time? Here, it says it's uh eleven oh two. Eleven oh two. Oh wait. Money, money, money. money, money. I'm gonna say oh one though because yeah, I'm, gonna, ass, I'm gonna wait for that. Ass. I'm gonna no, do a call no, because he came in a little bit earlier yeah. before the question was asked. So, all right, uh, Izzy, you can answer this. Do you think you came in at eleven oh one or eleven oh two? Um, oh one. I won. Thank oh. y'all. Right, thank you, Izzy. You Everybody owes Lemonham twenty bucks. Yep. I don't. I'm under protest. <laughs> Izzy, how are you, man? Izzy, thank how you. are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm uh, going to Chicago tomorrow for a little um, flag football tournament, but really just like a birthday weekend. Nice. Your birthday or? Yes, mine. Mine is on Saturday. Happy early birthday. Thank you. Hi, Morgan. Hi, (laughs) Izzy. So nice to see you. Am I interrupting you? Are you doing a sort of No, I'm doing this because you were coming here. Like, oh, I can't okay. look like shit uh, if you're coming on. You don't need it. <laughs> what was that? Was that um, perfume, Morgan? Uh, no, it was setting spray uh, with gold flakes in it because Izzy's very important. That's uh-huh. It's a very niche tutorial of like how to do your makeup while zooming with Izzy Gutierrez at 11.01 p.m. On it's not 11.01 p.m. Stop being so myopic. It's 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah, it's 8.03 somewhere here. Mm-hmm. Correct. It started off well. Izzy, so you're going to Chicago for your birthday. What time is it in Chicago? (laughs) (laughs) What time is it in Chicago, Izzy? Guess, go. I'm not saying guess because you're used to traveling. The rest of us won't know. It's 10.03 p.m. Central. I don't even know where Chicago is. Hard-hitting questions, Jeanette. This is is what Izzy came at 11 o'clock at night You need capitals? You need some capitals? I think I know still like maybe 30 of them. All right, you, you know oh, what? There's a reason you're here. We're gonna, get to, we're gonna get to talking, but I want to ask the hardest hitting question for a quote unquote podcast. Why are you friends with steak? <laughs> why? Why are you um, friends with steak? Yeah. That's why I'm looking for clarity of why it is that I keep this guy so close and so much around me. He's hilarious. <laughs> you can't um, get rid of him. Thanks, pal. Yeah. We'll interview you tomorrow at eleven oh three. Yeah, um, just when I think like I'm a nice person, he does things or says things that are even nicer. So I, I think that's probably why. Our uh, our whole friendship blossomed over talking about brunch spots in Denver and neither one of us yeah. lived there. So I felt like we kind of uh, connected there. <laughs> brunch is a great meal. I read the best meal. I don't know what Billy Gill is talking about. Brunch you know what? I'm not going to lie. Like the pandemic did me a little bit of a favor because I was kind of over brunch for a minute. Like I was over it. Before. Now I think I'm good. Like I think I've gotten enough of a break, and there's like I'm not as uh, it's still not invited as often to brunches. But like I'm back on board with brunch. But I was I was kind of off the train for a little bit. Making oh. it or experiencing it. Experiencing it. Um, also, a little side note: um, eggs gonna very much be out of my diet for good got a little uh not that my cholesterol is a problem but a little cholesterol jump and the only thing that i've been doing differently is eating eggs all the time in the morning so i'm getting those out plus a little bit i don't know how um 
well, it's my doctor, so I'm hoping she's well-researched, but she said new research linking eggs and the way the male body has to break down the proteins directly to prostate cancer. So get the hell out of here, eggs. Uh, so brunch, but going to brunch, I'd been over it just because I'd just gotten over the, the this, I know this sounds lame, but the day drinking part where I'm just kind of like out of it by 6, 7 p.m. and never recover. Um yeah, it just kind of felt like I could be a lot more productive on a Sunday. So yeah, no, even if it included drinking, I would just do something different other than just, you know, eating a bunch of sugar. And like, that's another thing is I can never decide on a brunch menu. So it has to be like a little bit of everything, you know, savory, sweet, you know, always just say, you know, something for the table, which is an excuse to get like four different entrees. Um, so yeah, it's just a lot. It's a lot going on there. So it has to, you have to space them out. For me, brunch is strictly a vacation meal. Like, I don't do it when I'm home. Like, that's something we do when we go out of town. We look for, like, a good brunch spot because we don't have anything to do that day or the next day. Yeah, but, no, I'm definitely like an in-town bruncher. That's something, like, I mean, I live in Fort Lauderdale, so it's, like, yeah. it's there's so many things you can do. But, yeah, I'm an in-town brunch guy. My mom so, about breakfast ahead, at the a Grand Beach Hotel Miami where we stayed, and she dreams of breakfast which is brunch because it's late mm -hmm. um she dreams of that breakfast and talks about it all the time so uh, and it takes her like half the afternoon to eat the freaking thing too because she's like <laughs> oh i'll just have one of these waffles and i'll just have some eggs that take me an hour to eat but that that's the heavy play right because if you're gonna be drinking all day and you start at 11 a.m if you can make that one meal because izzy's right you order stuff at brunch that you normally wouldn't order just because it's called brunch like all of a sudden you're eating like meals that are like lunches and dinners i mean it's a french toast wrapped around like peanut butter yeah rolled in pecans and just like with whipped cream on top and that's just like an appetizer right so if you can if morty's mom can make that last the entire day that's the best way to do it because then you're yeah, not like ordering like, pizza at right. 6 p.m i'll give her that she doesn't eat she wouldn't eat again until like later on like late 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 in the day that probably doesn't help the hangover situation when you've got so much sugar that you're adding to the sugary drinks. This is so that begs the is he telling us to drink warm water and how bad all of our brunch <laughs> options are? That's right. Uh, is it you're the one that key. abandoned us on our fitness goals, so you don't get to come in here and judge us? I, you know, uh, it's so like you guys had me going though. Like I was. Um, I like right around day and Flem knows because I'd mentioned I sent him a, a message on on Instagram, I was like, I think there's maybe if it's like in my men, mind, maybe we're like 10 days left, might've been less than that. Yeah. In the initial hundred days. And I, I was after it. Like I was happy. Like I was like, you know, calling my photographer friends again. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just making sure the railroad tracks were clear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. John. And then once, uh, once you were like, Oh, we're just going to keep it going. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So I'll just, you know, keep it going myself. So like, I'm still in a good place, but, uh, you know, it's also a birthday weekend coming well, up. So, well, let, let me be clear. There's two guys in here, but when we said we we're going to keep it going, I behind your back went and let the group know, like, Hey, Izzy just said, hi, he's ready whenever we're ready. And we all agreed. There's no way we were on Izzy's level. So we're like, just tell him we're going to keep it going and let's not send selfies to how fit Izzy is. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. We are still, still trying. We're waiting for you back. Uh, go ahead, John. But, but, but I, I just have the, don't embarrass wanna... us again. 
sorry. I want to go back to the brunch question. Um, Since I'm local, uh, what's interesting to me is going to be what um, what's your favorite brunch place here or in in the South Florida area? So you're local, but you're like Miami. You're like South. Um, So the only place that I could even think of that you might even know down there was God, is it called the eating house? The eating room, the eating house, eating house on. Yeah, eating house on the Eighth Street and, yeah. and Ponce. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I yeah. that's where I st- well I stole it, but I looked up their um, Captain Crunch pancake recipe mm-hmm. online and stole that. Yeah. Uh, so that one was like a great spot there. Um, been there, I only think twice, but um, up here um, in Fort Lauderdale, like it's just kind of a fixture is Rosie's, uh, which is in Wilt Manor, just really good. Um, there's a lot of really good brunch places now like s3 decided to go for brunch and while i don't really like their like 40 dollar um champagne bar it's just a little uh bit much um the food's really good i love their food um man what's other good brunch places um boxy brown if you can get a, a seat there is really good um i don't think they do reservations so it's just like long waits uh a couple more will come to me before we're done and and do you guys and do you um equate like brunch it sounds like from these places that it's more like you order a la carte or uh, off the menu and not like say not necessarily more, not necessarily because like um blue moon has a super expensive but really good brunch which is like buffet and it's pretty much everything um yeah there was another one i just thought of oh naughty dog um Ever since we got the boat, we like to go over to Naughty Dog. <laughs> um, but that place has got a good brunch and it's that's a, an a la carte. But no, I think of it both ways. Like, honestly, um, most of the time I think of like when I'm on the road, I, I for some reason find more of those buffet style brunches. Uh, but no, I, I can I think of both. So, so I, have, I have a question you mentioned earlier, and I'm actually kids after me jump in because you had a boat question. And I, there wasn't going to take too long for uh, Izzy to make sure we got to the boat. But Izzy, you mentioned earlier that it now you're being invited back to brunch. Did you announce like when brunch when you were done with brunch? Did you make it like a public <laughs> email? Like, did you send it out to a distribution no, group? Like, I think hey, it was... <laughs> everybody that I host brunch to uh, just know that I'm over it because I'm like, no. how do people know to start inviting you again? I think yeah. Well, uh, that's a good question. I think I just stopped like accepting a bunch of invites, and then pandemic helps, you know. Uh, and, and then, so now that things are like back to kind of normal over here, uh, they're just assuming, you know, go ahead and invite, but I haven't, honestly, I haven't really gotten back to like making brunch. Like I haven't done that in a while. Because I know that you did a brunch and you invited some of the guys from the show because mm-hmm. you were just like really wanted to show off your, your skills and stuff. So was that like one of the last times that you hosted a brunch? was such a long time ago i'm pretty sure i had a few more in between there um but that that one was a lot of fun it was i didn't really have a great plan for the day though we just kind of sat around the tv and watched football which is great i mean um it would have i would have yeah (laughs) i would have had a lot more uh a lot more plans a lot better idea of what to do with it this time um last time uh... last time mike i had mike and uh his wife and the baby and Chris Cody and his wife over. And we went out to a sandbar um, in Boca and it was the day before like this big 
Boca Bash, which is so I thought, hey, you know, people are still going to go out the day before. It was dead. Like there was nobody really out there, which is great because Mike had brought the baby. So it was a little bit more calm, which was cool. But um, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think I definitely want to do that again. But I feel like, uh, yeah, that's twice now that I've brought up the boat. I'm sorry. No, you who, who who on the show was going back and opening new bottles of champagne the most for mimosas? Was it Cody? Gotta be Chris. Man, that was a, such a long time ago. I can't even remember. Um, I think Chris was going for more um, more pancakes, not necessarily more. That's a heady plan. <laughs> more champagne. I love the idea of him not even going for more that were made. He just started making pancakes in your kitchen. Uh-huh. Like there aren't enough. Kids. He was popping yeah. the syrup uh, bottles. That's what he was doing. <laughs> So, kids, you had a question about the boat, and I don't want to turn this into like a true podcast. But Izzy, we, you know, we do want to talk to you about way more important things than brunch. But I don't also want to get away from the light. No, so I mean, boat question. Listen, you start with the more important stuff, and then we get to the lighter stuff later. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm also a local guy down here. I grew up in like a uh, Hondale and living down in Gables right now. Um, but one of my first jobs is actually my very first job was washing and waxing boats. So I know a little bit about my way around around the boat. So like, can you describe what your ideal boat is? I know you've mentioned this one that you've had your eye on, but like, yeah. can you give us some specs? <laughs> so <laughs> it's crazy because I've only like even paid attention for like the last, let's say January. So like five, six months. So I don't really know shit really. But um, I... I know that there's this one, I thought I talked, I guess it wasn't on this podcast. I thought I talked about this. Maybe it was on the Greg Cody podcast with Greg Cody. Um, it's a 37 foot scout. Um, and I don't even know really much of the details about it other than it's got a, like right behind the captain's chair. And it's like, like this whole setup where it's like a sink and a grill and uh I forget. So I think it's a live well on the right. Um, you know, and it's not really like a fishing boat. It's just a rich person's boat. It's, it, it's an amazing boat and it's beautiful. Like the lines on that thing are just amazing. Like I, I would just look at it the whole time. Like I wouldn't, <laughs> that's like uh Nicki Minaj say I bought a car not to drive it, just to walk around it. Like I would just walk around the boat the entire or swim around the boat, whatever uh, <laughs> the entire time. Cause it's so pretty. So uh, I think that's my ideal one. Yeah. Yes. Your next photo shoot is just you <laughs> swimming around your boat and you looking better than the boat. So that's, uh, that's so this is, a this scout, is a, impossible. So this is a center console mm-hmm. quad outboard. Yeah. Like for four outboard. Izzy, this thing could go <laughs> the speed of light. Yeah. That's good because like I'm not, you know, the water and I have like a very interesting relationship. Like I'm not You wouldn't touch the water. So, and well, you would perfect. just be floating like, smoother, above it. The smoother the better. The smoother the better. <laughs> My <laughs> god, this thing is glorious. <laughs> Yeah, I saw one that was like a used one, like a 2017 one that was perfect. And it was like $750,000. It's ridiculous. Well, the 380 LXF starts at 825,000. That's is that new? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, this is one of those this is one of those big center consoles that has a bathroom in the middle, which is the ticket cuz you don't you don't want to be out there without a bathroom. Right. And not like not like just like a head that you have to empty out, but like a bathroom like you're No, doing. it's a, it's like a proper like yeah, a yeah. proper bathroom. Yeah. You, you can't Any pee in the, in the live well, right? 
I mean, you can do whatever you want. It's no, I mean, if you want the bait to live, don't pee in the live well. Uh-huh. It, it, it's these key word and everything he just said was rich and so once you in, <laughs> once you bring that word into the scenario you pee and poop wherever you want <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably true also what's the name of the boat though ours we haven't given it a name oh my <laughs> boat my boat is called offshore asset Hung, go ahead take notes <laughs> your boat name, that's Jeff. funny on a boat i name it dan love hard <laughs> um well we have a uh and this is not really an honest thing but um we have a Riballo, that's the brand we have. And so we just kind of like say, why don't we just take out the A and call it the Rob Lowe. And, uh, and, and I know Mike uh, had the NFL hat and I was, I forgot to tell him to bring the damn NFL hat and to do the Rob Lowe joke, but nobody would have gotten it. But uh, that's the closest thing we've gotten to naming it is calling it Rob Lowe. Break a bottle oh, uh, when you first launched it. The champagne no. bottle thing. No, uh, I think like I think we'll name like the forever boat or at least the next one uh, and then do all the traditional stuff. This is kind of like, you know, first boat just. So what's your best party story on a, on your new boat? Um, I don't really have a great one, um, but the very next day after um, <laughs> next day after uh, that, Mike and Chris, uh, the day before Boca Bash, uh anthony uh my partner went out with some of his friends <laughs> and um like one of them his good friend daniel is a former firefighter and the other ones are like uh brazilian mma fighters um don't really speak great english uh but and then there was some a couple of girls there and so i get you know they had been there at both the bash for a little bit <laughs> And of course, like, I'm kind of glad this stuff happens when I'm not around, but I feel like if I was around, it never would have happened. But uh, AJ's leaving and uh, he gets pulled over. And <laughs> and uh, so he's like, Jesus. And so, you know, they pull him over the boat and like uh, his friend Daniel is a firefighter and was just yelling <laughs> to the to the guy who pulled him over. He's like, oh, I guess we don't take care of our own kind anymore, bro. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> all this stuff and just making it a really uncomfortable situation for anthony and so fortunately like i think he got away with a warning or something um and then he had to like drop them off and then like he had planned on going to meet uh actually he wasn't gonna drop them off he had planned on going to meet another friend of his because he had like double booked events and a friend of ours birthday so he kind of was <laughs> was um thinking about just anchoring it near the beach because that's where they were hanging out and then like swimming onto the shore. But there was just no possibility of that ever happening. And I think he got like really close um, enough to where like a lifeguard was freaking out. I can't remember. Um, so to but, be clear, hold, and I don't mean to stop being tracks. Anthony, he, the plan was leave the boat within a distance of swimming, swim to an event. And show up drenched swimming to an event. Drunk, that was the plan? drunk, drenched. Well, I mean, the event was on on the beach, so it's fine. But then, like, you know, trusting that, you know, the boat will be there <laughs> when you go back. <laughs> you can just, you know, get plop, plop, to plop, say, and swim like, right back. Like, yeah, the issue is like a proper anchoring here. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> a great plan. Izzy, <laughs> Izzy and Jeff are more concerned with the boat than the person swimming in the ocean yeah. to shore. Well, what, what's like, the big deal about swimming to shore? Yeah, I mean, you know, I know uh, Anthony's yeah. practically a fish. Um, but yeah, and so that 
clearly wasn't going to work. So he went all the way back inlet, whatever, came back, parked the boat, drove to the beach. Like everybody was pretty much packing up and leaving. And it was just a shitty day. Oh, and um, he had left both batteries on while uh you know playing music and we had just upgraded the speaker so he was just cranking that and yeah the battery died so he had to get like the called the boat tow and like, get, uh, uh i think it's boat tow uh but anyway had them uh charge up the battery and it was just whew, all those like if, if i was there i would have just like put on like shades and like just hit in the corner and <laughs> just be like just wake me up headline. when this shit is over yell the cops <laughs> Both yeah right <laughs> what was um what what's her face didn't she get uh leave espn for the don't you know or i'm on the news honey or something like that what's her name mchenry yeah it would have been me no, I was I, like... I, <laughs> exactly i felt like we had cut you off earlier did you have something for is no i just thought that maybe jeff would like to talk about boats for another four fucking hours i would love to could we talk about boats for another four fucking hours <laughs> maybe you could talk about your fish traps and shit <laughs> Yeah, do you guys want to discuss uh, <laughs> braided line versus uh, non-braided fish line? Not speaking about braided hair. Shut up. We. I'm right. seriously going to hit up Jeff very soon. I'll teach you how to tie a bowl in. It'll be great. Just hit me up. No. Did you say to tie a bowl on? Because I'm pretty sure I know how to do that already. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> There's nothing more disappointing than Jeff and Izzy being the two that bond over here because it makes me sick. It makes everybody just disgusted. No, we, Flem, we got to talk later too because we. I was thinking about doing like. Um, I was trying to figure out how we can do a collaboration without uh, anybody recognizing that it's me. Why did probably why does Flem's eyes just like light up like like saucers? I'm sorry, say that again. His eyes just lit up like saucers when you said I was doing a collaboration, and Flem just went. (laughs) I can do like like a country uh, element, like we could do a country rap thing, and I can do the country part, and like nobody will know it's me, and you'll have to you don't have to say who it is, and you'll just be like. You know, surprise special guest, and you know, there's no name attached. All right, so we need that to way. I don't get in trouble, you know. What's yeah, yeah, we know there's, but no, um, Morgan. Here, here's an inside thing with the song. Uh, Morgan and I started a song for you when we first met on Twitter, which is still in the works. But I think you, you said country. I think you want Drake, right? Like, there's no we don't we don't do a Drake. Oh, I mean, I could do a million things there to be is. honest, um, right. but. <laughs> No, that, I was just trying to think of something where, it. like, it was unrecognizable. Like, you wouldn't recognize that it was me. And so. and so you thought, like, to hide us both, me, Fleming M, and you do a country song together. No, no, you not hide. Just Izzy hide. So, yeah, like, no, it'd be like, like it's, he'd have a, like, a, yeah, a, no, I know, like I know, a, I know, like a hip hop country Izzy. collaboration thing. Okay, Nelly style. We'll do two discs. Yeah. Okay. How about a uh, how about Nelly the Lincoln style. Park? How about the Lincoln Park Jay Z collab? Um, okay. Well, hold on. Let me ask. White? Wait, who'd have to be Lincoln Park? Oh, oh that's, yeah. I don't know. Izzy, did, did you just become Jay Z on me? Uh, no. Well, no. I mean, I could, but no. <laughs> I wouldn't even question that. If it was a rap battle, I'd go with you. But I did. Um, Drake, Drake, did if it's hip hop, uh, is who you want, right? I, oh, I go ahead. did the. Um, what did I do? It was uh, Drunken Love. Uh, Beyonce, Jay Z. Yeah, about. Yeah. Shane Battier for seven ninety the ticket a few years ago, or several years ago, and I, I did even including the Jay Z part, which is crazy. I did you do the Beyonce? Can we get your version of it? I wish I never met her at all. Like, Wait, that's from that song. That's not that song. Oh, well, that was Pharrell. You're right. I messed it you up. What a bad take. All right. Either way, we're gonna make it happen. But I think Drake is the way to go. And don't worry, I'll hide 
Um, all right. Anybody but me talk now because it got awkward when I did the wrong song. <laughs> Izzy, man. I'm having an emotional day here. It's uh, my last birthday before, before I turned 40. And my son beat me at Madden today for the first time. Wait, today's so, your birthday? Yes, sir. Happy birthday. Wait. Thank you, man. Okay, it's still 11. Right, but it's uh, 20 seconds. Yeah, so not only do I feel old, but my son beat me at Madden. Mm. So uh, seeing you is boosting my spirits, man. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I wanted to... Um, to ask you about the Carl Nassib stuff and just your, your thoughts and your feelings about him coming out. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause um, well, I'm on a little bit of a, like a two week break. So I hadn't really been offered the opportunity to talk about it. Um, but my first response, like I didn't have this overwhelming, like happy feeling. My first response was like, I want, I was worried for him like I want to make sure in the long run like he's okay and he knows like what's coming because um like there's just a lot that comes with it um, a lot of responsibilities um it's not the finish line whatsoever like and hopefully he's not going to be alone in this for a long time but if he is like that's gonna suck you know um and not that he doesn't have anybody to relate to, because I'm sure he can like cross to other sports and talk to other people about that stuff. But just, you know, he is the guy. Um, and while he's already like a hero, he's already done like just what he did is just amazing so far. Um, and not so far, but just the fact that it's, you know, it's been this long and here we are. We finally have like an active, uh, openly gay NFL player. Um, and that in itself is amazing. Uh, but like I said, there's just going to be a lot more uh, required of him, asked of him. Uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure to say the right thing all the time and do the right thing all the time. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of distractions from his career which uh, I don't know if before, you know, being closeted was something that distracted him because it was on his mind or if it was, you know, a life he was living openly and just didn't uh, really say anything about it. Um, but there's just going to be a lot more asked of him. And I think just mentally, uh, you know, mental health being such a popular topic these days, um, it's this is something that is definitely going to to test his strength mentally. Um, and, you know, like I said, he hasn't got everything figured out. He doesn't have his life figured out. And so people are going to ask him all these questions and he's going to, you know, have to answer as if, you know, he knows everything already and he doesn't. And, you know, when he's going to get shocked by things that happen to him, you know, and so, I don't want him to be uh, to just be brought down by a lot of the things that are that are coming up. So that's my that was my initial thought. Um, all those things, um, and then you know what I really really want is for for more people to do it. <laughs> and this is like it's just super selfish and um, wanting to fast track this, but you know especially in the NFL, um, it's such. It is the epitome of masculinity, that sport. There is, when you've made it to the NFL, like, <laughs> no offense to the kickers, just outside of the kickers. <laughs> when you've made it to the NFL, 
like nobody questioned you anymore. Like you, you are top of the alpha male ladder. Um, so who gives a shit if you're gay? You know what I'm saying? They can't question yep. you anymore. Um, you can be as, uh, you, you can, you know, tackle somebody and do, you know, a dance or, you know, walk the catwalk afterward as a celebration. Nobody can say anything because you just knocked the bleep out of somebody. So I think it's a lot more open or ready for, you know, for people to be themselves and people to be open uh, about their sexuality in the sport. So, you know, if, in that respect, it makes me very happy to hope that there's, you know, more people emboldened uh, to be themselves. Yeah, and then, um, you know, what happened at, at the Pride Parade in, uh, in Fort Lauderdale, the tragedy, it turned out to be an accident. But like, I think everybody immediately, including the mayor, I mean, the mayor called it a terrorist act initially, because that's the first place our mind goes when something like this happens. It says a lot about the state of our country. So just a couple of days later, for this good news to come out, it's got to be pretty uplifting, you know, for, the, for everybody, especially the community there. It is. And I don't know if, like, I know our, our mayor, Dean Trentalis, like I'm a, a friend with him. Um, he got um, some flack for calling it a terrorist act. But let's be honest, like, how many people thought the exact same thing? Like, the way exactly. where we've been in this country over the last decade or plus, that, like, that's, that's the first you. place your mind goes. I text you. I was like, I'm so sick of the hate in this country. You know, right. just an accident, right. you know, but I mean, that's where your head goes. It's yeah. And I, I mean, I was literally, I, was, I mean, I was supposed to be there. I was supposed to walk in the parade and I just said, it's a little too hot. I don't want to do it. And so I was on the other side uh, of the, of the street, but you know, I got, you know, a shitload of texts wondering if I was okay. And so I had to text all my other, you know, flag football friends, make sure that they were okay. Uh, it was pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah, but the the same people that are mad at the assumption that it was a terrorist attack or hate crime are the same people that will defend the fact that there were weapons of mass terror overseas, and so it, it they're the, it's the same it was, people. So they, it was a day know, after it, the anniversary of the Pulse shooting, I think. I think either a day or two days after, like it was re really close, you know. So mm -hmm. that was a terrorist it, attack. And John, I know you have a question next, so jump in as soon as I'm done, but. With the NFL decision, and I don't say this to be very clear, not criticize the timing within the career, because I think any of us, when faced with that much money in front of you, you know, you make a financial decision that seems best for you. Do you, do you think that there will be a point where it's publicly acknowledged that you lose relationships through trying to keep it a secret publicly um, hmm. outweighs the financial decision to not? And I, I say that understandingly, Look, for a million dollars, there are a lot of things I lie about in life, right? I, I, and I say that honestly. So it, it's a really hard thing to make somebody decide, especially if you think with so, that million dollars, yeah. you can make change. I'm sorry. So the, no, that's fine. There's two people in particular that come to mind uh, that I've talked to that have been on the opposite sides of this. One is uh, Billy Bean, um, the former major leaguer, uh, not the money ball guy, the one who came out as gay in the mid 90s. Uh, Billy Bean and I forget the exact wording right now which really ticks me off because it's one of um, the most in, like in, just crazy uh, powerful quotes that he had mentioned but uh, I said something to the effect of you know I wish people could understand what it felt like to basically just give up everything that matters to you uh, just you know 
just for the sake of vanity or just for the sake of, you know, of being closeted, of just like making everybody else happy, you know? And uh, he held all that in, like he'd had a relationship, a very, very, very private relationship uh, with a partner who nobody knew about. And his partner, uh, who was of Latin descent, um, you know, he didn't tell his family about Billy. And then his partner got sick and then eventually died. And Billy <laughs> like, was at the hospital, mourned the, you know, the death of his partner, walked outside of the hospital and didn't have anybody to talk to about it. And like he talked to uh, his partner's sister and told her that he passed, but she didn't even know who he was. And so that's like, you know, you're just, you're giving up an entire portion of your life like it's just it's the type of stuff that you just shouldn't have to deal with um versus you know another uh friend of mine used to play for Purdue as a wide receiver there um who would have been a third or fourth round draft pick had he stayed in the draft he had a little bit of an injury hit a problem too right around draft time which kind of dropped him a little bit but he decided he didn't want to play uh football anymore because he didn't want to deal with that part of it with hiding who he was he didn't want to deal with rumors that he had dealt with throughout college he didn't want to deal with um you know people questioning him and and having to act differently and so he just gave up and it's just gave up on football because his personal life and his mental health was more important to him so um i think we, i think we've gotten to a point where um you know, people are more willing to be open once they've made it, but I don't know how, you know, whether we're at a point where, you know, the top prospects in high school, if they're out, you know, if they're gay, are even close to considering it until they see their career play out a little bit more. Um, I, I think that is still probably going to be more overwhelming thought that it's in their minds because a lot of the times you've got an entire family depending on you so you don't want to put you know your sexuality ahead of that because that doesn't feel like it's as important um so you just hold it back and then you know if it happens to lead to a ton of success then eventually i think we're going to be a little bit more comfortable uh, i think now we are clearly a little bit more comfortable with coming out once you are there but you know the next step is once you know once you're understanding who you are you're just vocal about it and there is no large concern. Um, John, I know you had something. Yeah, actually dovetails with that um, because I was listening today to um, uh, the Hawkman and Crowder show and Crowder um, was kind of hopeful, not hopeful. He was actually saying that he thinks that uh, perhaps the veterans on these NFL teams, if he was ever to get, um, you know, flack for, for being gay or, would would take you know take the the perhaps the juniors aside and and tell them you know uh read them the riot act and tell them how how to behave and how not to behave and um although i think society is moving towards uh towards more uh, more acceptance and being accepting um i don't think the nfl is kind of a, a microcosm for for society uh i think it's maybe a little bit more difficult so I, i'm just curious 
are you as as hopeful that the NFL is is trending in that direction, or do you think that you know how much trouble do you think it's going to cause for for this guy to to have come out and then? Um, first, I don't think I ever mentioned his name. Dorian Bryant is the uh, the receiver from Purdue, um, but look, I, I think this is a little bit of a of a theory really but i think in most um cases now where we have like a diverse population i think um acceptance of lgbtq people is a lot more common and that includes in the african-american community um and i believe that includes in the athletic community um and so I just think there's just a lot more uh, progressive, you know, cultured, um, well sort of taught and intelligent people in NFL locker rooms more than we give them credit for. And so to just assume that it's just a bunch of muscle heads in there who are just going to say, oh, this guy shouldn't, doesn't belong here. I think that's that's pretty, um, you know, old, tired thinking. I think there's a lot more, like I said, progressive thinkers in there. And I think, um, yeah, I think as a society in general, as just public figures in general, they're a lot more cognizant, I would say, of, of assigning any sort of, you know, failures in sport to to homosexuality or to sort of any feminine traits at all. I think that has been sort of ingrained in their heads a little bit more. So I just, I just think we've like evolved pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, where you might find some sort of backlash is, you know, in the less diverse populations and like i said i don't think those are inside nfl locker rooms i'm just talking about you know maybe nfl cities nfl fan bases but um again like i am someone who has been you know publicly out for six going on yeah six years now and you know i don't face kind of like the neanderthal uh nonsense um ever really and so on the football field like i said like there's a measure of respect just for the fact that he's been in the league, made the league, you know, multiple contracts in the league. Um, you're not going to hear a lot of idiots uh, say anything directly to him. Now I do like, I think of like the Odell Beckham stuff and like, um, you know, what was supposed supposedly said to him or implied to him uh, when he was getting into fights with, with teams and stuff like that. Um, again, I think even that like, sort of like probably woke a lot of people up, you know, or it was just like, yeah, we probably shouldn't be doing that shit either, you know? Um, and so I think just like I said, we've evolved pretty quickly over the last handful of years. So um, I, I don't think it's going to be a big problem. I'm pretty confident he'll, he'll be just fine. I'm glad to hear that actually. So when you say like we've evolved and again, we mentioned the locker room and fans, I feel like fans and locker rooms are always going to be the younger people coming up, right? The, the locker room is the newer athletes coming up to the league. Do you feel the same about the people in the front offices? Because the locker room and the fans, we just continue to 
grow up and become the new fans, the new locker room. The front offices, they last a lot longer than I think fans and locker rooms last. Or do you feel the same about that? Well, I mean, I I don't really know what's going to keep, like, are they not going to draft somebody? They're not going to trade for somebody if there's, you know, gay rumors or stuff. I mean, honestly, uh, that's, that's that's a tough question like i think you know i think we're probably beyond that even there um you know i think some of the hires have just uh been a lot more diverse in, in front offices across sports in general so i would hope so as well um but i think like honestly the idea that being gay affects you in any sort of way on a, in a physical standpoint i think everybody that should be intelligent enough to hold those positions in sports should recognize that that is absolute nonsense so the only quote-unquote argument would be uh as a distraction if you will and you know we can get past that really quick if we just power through it hey a lot of people want to come out all right let's see all right you know two three years from now hey not a distraction anymore so we can all work together and get past that thing uh and then after that it's just you know some sort of uh religious belief or some sort of uh you know belief that just would be uh exclusive right excluding of, of somebody and i think again i don't know when we're actually going to just you know say the actual words but at some point we're just going to have to recognize that it, there's no backing like it doesn't matter how old uh doesn't matter how old the book like there should be no backing that supports that type of exclusion um and bigotry so yeah i think i think it's a long way to get there but i think i answered the question so how much do you think like um the fact that michael sam was like openly gay contributed to the fact that he you know left the nfl it was huge, to be honest, like he wasn't ready for that whole experience. And, um, you know, I believe this to be true, you know, cue the reckless speculation. Uh, but I believe part of the reason he came out when he did is because it was he was going to be out at event uh, soon. And so it was something that was forced upon him a little bit, but also, you know. He wasn't ready for it, and it was a lot of stuff and. Um, I don't know. And when I say he wasn't ready for it, I'm not saying that like even the stuff that he knew was coming, he handled well. Um, because hell, he's like I said, a 20 some year old kid, 21, 22 year old kid. And people are asking you stuff like, you know, you know, the meaning of life all of a sudden. And it's just, like, I remember, uh, ESPN, the magazine asked me to do, uh, a column on the back page of whatever ESPN the magazine and I thought that was pretty damn cool because you know I remember that from Sports Illustrated and stuff and uh, Rick Riley and everything else and like I felt so much pressure to be this like have this like profound message and I, I don't know what the hell I was honestly I jumbled some nonsense and if you ask me about what I wrote right now I could not tell you what it was and so um, there's no way Michael Sam was ready for all that uh and like the scrutiny and like people already having reasons to question you know his success or his ability because of his size or whatever and it's just like um it had a lot 
to do with it. And I feel terrible for him. And then, you know, the idea that he thinks he wasn't supported by the LGBT community, you know, once that happens, like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what exactly kind of support, you know, he was expecting, but um, I feel terrible for him, like on both sides, but like, he's probably resenting, you know, the LGBT community is probably resenting the fact that he even came out. But again, I believe it was something that was forced upon him. But yeah, I think it definitely affected him. So do you think it was like, yeah, because I wasn't that long ago, which is a few years back. And obviously things are progressing. Um, but I don't think it's changed that much in the past few years. I mean, everything's always changing. But do you think it was like more of a uh, timing a, a factor of like a timing in his career? Or maybe even like a race issue? Um, him being black, obviously. Um, do you think that factored into it? Or like, do you think it's just like, its own case? You know, I think personally, like, people were only ready for so much. Like, I honestly think even the draft day, you know, kiss with his boyfriend, like, I thought people were turned off by that. And I, you know, the and I think that that in itself and then the idea that I believe there was some sort of like reality show suggestion or, or maybe... um contract or offer that he had had or he thrown out there to the cowboys i believe but anyway um so there was these implications that he was more of an attention person you know starved person never mind the fact that he was like at the time seeming was going to be like an amazing historical you know presence and somebody who would mean way more to the world than whatever the hell the team that drafted him did while he was on that team. But, you know, they pictured him as this attention starved person who didn't deserve this uh, entitled feeling because he hasn't done anything on the football field, yada, yada. And so, yeah, I think that that, that affected everything. Um, but I think, you know, his personality, um, his approach to it, his in your face with everything. I don't think I'm not saying he was wrong by it. I'm just saying people weren't ready for it. And I think that all of it just kind of affected him. I do think that, yeah, I know it's been a short period of time. It's been seven years, but hell, I mean, that happened before I came out. Uh, and I think since I came out, like things have changed drastically and people's opinions have changed. Like, even, you know, somebody like Dwayne Wade having to, um, like, he, you know, was really cool with me when I came out, like, sent me a message, whatever, but he has had to face this, you know, an entirely different level, you know, being a parent of an LGBT uh, child and uh, has done it masterfully. And that's in a matter of a few years. Uh, so if he can learn, you know, with the hands on, I do think a lot of people, um, sort of force themselves to pay attention or force themselves to learn a little bit and evolve too. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm confident. I'm pretty confident. I could be naive, but I'm pretty confident. Uh, so on way, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jeanette. No. So I just wanted to kind of back up Izzy as this whole, um, the evolution of the sport and the players are being more closer to inclusionary than exclusionary. And we have great examples in that when, um, you know, Dak Prescott was very open and honest about, you know, his brother having committed suicide and people coming to his aid when, you know, all these talking heads were like, he's being weak. He shouldn't talk about that. That's a distraction. And then other teammates coming and lending their support 
and sharing in his grief and saying, I've dealt with this too. This is something that I have because it's also something that is in our population. And if someone is out there being an advocate and saying, this is what mental health can, can, can cause a person to, this is the extreme. And this is why we need to have um, outlets to treat people and to show um, compassion and kindness for them to share, then that opens that that doorway for those people. And then the other one we have is when all of the African-American players came together to stand up after George Floyd and say, enough is enough with the police brutality. We're black men. And if we were not in these roles of privilege and respect and people knew our faces, that could be us as well. So when you see that that someone like Carl Nassib is getting support from the other stars in the league and they are putting it on Twitter and everything, then it makes it more comfortable for him to know this is your league as well. You're our brother, you're our colleague. And maybe it causes some person that is somewhat narrow-minded maybe to give an additional thought to the process if the if a star of their team is being this accepting cordial publicly. Well, I would like to like, try it in the locker room. Like, go ahead. Try to attack the gay dude in the locker room with some, you know, Neanderthal, anti, you know, homophobic or some homophobic nonsense and see if the leaders in that locker room don't step up and put him in the right place. Like, it's 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 definitely the the what would happen and it is just you know the direction of humanity like we we work like we it is our default like we we work toward like inclusion and 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 you know pause like we are good over like i think i think we're inherently good you know human beings and so uh in the long run that's that's how we trend and so eventually those minds will be changed. And like I said, if they try to say something or do something in that locker room, you know, in that Raiders locker room, good luck, because you're going to have a lot of voices, you know, speaking up for him and they'll win that argument. They'll win it every time. Also, have you not looked at Raider fans? They are the most terrifying group of people <laughs> on the face of the earth. And it, if the black hole is behind Carl, you don't want to mess point. with That's that. You point. do not want to <laughs> mess with that at all. Dwayne Wade, who I think is a trendsetter in the idea of what being a parent, dealing with what is quote unquote new to society. Do you think there's a point where it's like, hey, this is just a really good father being a really good father to parents. And it shouldn't be abnormal that this person is just supporting their child for who they are regardless. And I know that that's a far, far ask uh, for a society to accept as a society, I'd say 85%, whatever, you know, the majority, whatever you want to call majority is like, yeah, that's what parenting is. Like whoever. Well, I think there's, there's a couple of things. I think one thing, and, and this was like very unique to, to Dwayne's situation, but like everybody needs to understand what it is to be transgender. Like it is not a fashion choice. It is not, you know, it is not a minor thing whatsoever. It is, it is a person. It is the person that they believe they are. That is all that is. They are living who they believe that they are. And this is not something that, um, you know, because it is quote unquote popular or now, or like it is popularizing now because more people talk about it. No, like this was 
something that has been in this percentage of humans for as long as they've been around. We just haven't really recognized how to address it. Okay, or they haven't had to recognize how to address it, and we certainly, the rest of us certainly haven't recognized how to react to it. Um, but that is a real thing. Okay, you know, there's actually a really good documentary I just finished watching, a docu series, The Lady and the Dale. Um, amazing. I've never heard about this woman before, but uh, on HBO Max, if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. It's awesome. Um, but so that's one thing. Like um, everything that we talk about in terms of human rights, it's all relative it all means the same for for transgender people transgender rights are human rights it's the same thing and so um they are not different we are not making special exceptions okay so that's one thing the other thing is is just not and this is not specific to, to parents of transgender children but just children are ridiculously fragile and so like easily affected um in these early years and to say, like, to be okay with what your child decides, like, or, or to, you know, for parents to say, oh, your child doesn't know any better, blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't know any better. Unless you've experienced, like, a transgender child, then you have no idea, or a human being, you have no idea what this person is experiencing. So this child is probably teaching you something. So to be accepting of whatever uh, your child is requesting is really just a learning opportunity uh, for both of you, but it can only be helpful because it tells the child, hey, this person's got my back no matter what. Even if I tell them later, yeah, you know, I was wrong, uh, wasn't that strong of a feeling, let's just, you know, move on. Um, they'll know, hey, if they were with me through that, then they'll be with me through anything. And so, and not, not to mention that uh, if you react poorly, it can affect like, deep, 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 like deeply affect the child uh, through like throughout their adulthood, throughout their life. Um, I, I, you know, can tell you a million stories. And I just heard of one recently of, you know, a friend of, of a relative of mine who told their parents, her parents in like a, a you know, not a public scene, but a sleepover scene. And their reaction was awful. And it could be like scoring. And uh and it was like, not like awful, like, oh, you take that back or no, you're not. But just like, even like subtly awful. <laughs> and so um, those are things that you just like, there are no rules for parenting. There are no like, um, you know, and there are certainly no like you know, binary genders, right? There's, there's way more in between. So just recognize that as a parent, like. Things aren't as black and white as you might have thought they were when you decided to have a child. But if you look at, you know, people all around the globe and just see, hey, uh, look how many different types of humans there are. One of them might eventually be in my family. I have to understand, you know, who they are, how they tick, and that that in the end, they're very similar to me. You just have to, you know, understand them. And so, um, yeah, I would say that that's part of just being a great parent is just like just being a sponge and just understanding that you're learning uh, just as they are because you don't have everything figured out. Is there something that we can learn that like what we would consider subtle that would be considered impactful? This seems like something like, hey, you thought this was not a, a, an important statement to make and yet you did. And if you don't want to make the quote, we can move on to John. I don't want to force that. I just I, I want that, to that sure like I get important. it right. It was... You know, some of it was really, you're going to do that here. And it's like, what? Uh, you know, and it was, um, 
somebody else screaming, oh, don't worry, it's just a phase. You know, it's just ridiculous. Like, come on now. Like, you're just gonna just dismiss this. Like, this is a very this is a young person. Like, this is not, you know, and so this is a big deal that they thought be to be able to do this and you know with the support of their friends her friends in you know in the area uh in in the building <laughs> and you know just the grown-ups acted like children and the children acted like grown-ups and so uh yeah that's that's the type of stuff i'm talking about you know like when i see um just uh, just terrible headlines when it comes to you know to nasib coming out and um it's just those are the times where you're just like, all right, I feel like we've evolved, but the wrong people are like in charge of certain things. <laughs> uh, but uh, and this is where I talk about, like, you know, the diversity and stuff like if if you're around. Um, you know, more LGBT people, then maybe you get an idea of, you know, how to respond or how to react and and stuff like that. So um that's that's part of the issue. It's just you know people are in their own little echo chambers a lot of the time, and they've been um, programmed from from an early age, usually whether it's uh, coming from a religious background or or a bigoted background or what have you. Um, so it's tough to to de deprogram you know and, and uh, challenge your beliefs that you've held for for whatever many years. Um, I, I wanted to go back to you. You mentioned being transgender and how difficult it was. And I was reading through my, my, uh, an article today, in fact, about, um, about Kumi, uh, I believe her name is, uh, Yokoyama. And she's, um, a transgender soccer player, um, from Japan. And I guess she's, she's come out and, uh, just to kind of relate the being transgendered, which is a little bit, you know, uh, uh, has some other obstacles than than being gay in a sport because the sports are generally divided by by the binary gender mm -hmm. um and so going through the the replies that i kept reading was about an unfair disadvantage um in this case i think if you're correct me if i'm wrong if you're a transgendered man that means you were assigned female at birth and now living as a man Is yeah that right Yes. Okay. So I think she's a, she's going. A, she's living. Um, she considers herself a, a, a oh, himself a transgendered man, but she plays in the women's international soccer. Um, she plays for Japan, I think, and she also plays for the Spirit, the Washington Spirit. Um, so uh, that it it can be uh, a bit confusing right there's there's the the set, the the part in this case it's it's a little different i think people get um upset when it's a transgendered woman and thinking about a a physical uh difference and and perhaps a head start that they may have against women um right so even that like i think and so and i'm not familiar with uh with the nwsl player story um but i i believe where a lot of people just don't, it's honestly just a lack of understanding um, of what the entire process is. You know, if you, if you make a transition, like the uh, hormone therapy and everything that goes through it, like the physical advantages are, are lessened significantly, um, you know, and that's why, uh, you know, you talk about all these uh, 
laws that are being passed across the country uh, and they're trying, you know, protect our girls and protect our, you know, our, our children. And while it is true that you're not, you know, the children are not going to go through uh, the hormone therapy necessarily. They're going to usually just go through puberty blockers. They're going to give themselves time to make the decision, you know, between the doctors, the families and the children themselves um, to make sure, again, make sure they're making the right decisions. But, you know, once you've once you've gone through the entire process, like uh, the physical advantages again are, and people can look this up, um, are, are 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 minor. And when it comes to sort of protecting the kids, right, that's not a real problem. Like it's not, it's not something that's happening anywhere uh, where you know there's you know a bunch of boys wanting to play and girls. Uh, elementary, junior high, high school leagues without, you know, uh, any sort of issues. And so um, they're just trying to create like this bigotry in, into our law books because, you know, people are just going to be, they're going to they're gonna hear the messaging and say, wait, so we want boys not to be playing with girls. Nope, no problem. I support this without actually recognizing uh, how the process works. And so it's the same thing, you know, when you get into uh, the higher levels of sport and, um Again, I just I just advise people to to educate themselves on it and 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 read it before they make any sort of rash decisions. But also just recognize, like again, what we're talking about here and what we're doing. Because you know, when it comes to you know Olympic sports, when it comes to uh, uh, very unique or individual cases, like uh, we can talk about those. We can figure out you know uh, what the exact advantages are, if there are any, and and how to how to deal with that. But when it comes overall, um, yes, it's a unique situation when it comes to sport. Okay. But let's not let that make our decisions or our feelings on what it is or how we feel about transgender people. Because while it is again, a unique, uh, hurdle or something to, to figure, um, it doesn't mean we, you know, that we can't accept transgender people because, uh, they are just like every one of us. I don't want to make this into something less important, but being a, a sports woman isn't all that appealing. Uh, the money is worse if you're a woman. Uh, you're treated worse if you're a woman. There is nothing better except maybe the U.S. women's soccer team. Right. right. There, there is no women's sport where you are given more credibility for being a woman in it <laughs> than a man. So it's actually, it's not advantageous. And no, there's no little kids out there, little boys out there saying, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make really it as, like a woman, as a woman I out would there. Love, I would love to be a woman in sport. No. Like, it's just, it's not advantageous. No. And like, I just want to share a little so, like I had a conversation with one of my cousin's friends um, who was uh, undergoing a, a – who was transgendered mm -hmm. and was undergoing treatment um, to uh, become who he was, who he felt he was, who he knew he was, and who knew that he was born in the wrong body for years. And I uh, like I, we he is so forthcoming in sharing information and talking about it, and braver than anybody I know, in the way that he's so open and willing to discuss it. And I asked him, 
what 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 would you want to tell other parents about what your experience was and he said just to remember that this is the hardest conversation this child is going to have like this is not something that they've just thought about while they were laying in bed at night and you thought you know what I'll just bring this up with mum and dad tomorrow like this is a conversation they've been having with themselves for years and trying to plan out how they're going to go about this so remember like You've created this human. You love this human. It doesn't matter what their gender is, what they wear, what sport they play. None of that matters. They're a person and they're still the same person that you loved. Yeah, it's crazy to think that, like, you know, I used to tell everybody, like, why would I choose this? Like, why would I choose this scrutiny? Why would I choose having to do it? Like, imagine, you know, everything you have to go through be a transgender person in this world and the discrimination and, you know, the issues with healthcare and the issues with police and your just lack of safety, like who would choose that, you know? And so it's, yeah, it's mind boggling for people to, to just be that hateful like, a lot of the time. To be so narrow minded yeah. to think that somebody would do that for an advantage in sport. <laughs> right. It's nonsense. It, it, mind blowing, mind blowing. It's yeah, legislative bigotry. Yep. I think I think whether it's politics, sports, religion, whatever reason you find to disagree with what is natural being of a human is just bigotry and you finding ignorance through unfortunately the people that raised you. I imagine more times than not. Izzy, I know you have you know a lot of better things to do than to hear us uh poorly try to navigate around this conversation as best as we can. Uh one, and this is me being me because I'm phlegm, we will get the song done. That's more important. Second, yes. uh, that's not more important. Uh, Priorities. No, that's the most important thing in my life. <laughs> yeah, obviously. it's <laughs> Even just tonight, just conversationally, I think it's definitely the biggest topic of tonight is our phlegm and it is you get into a song. Yeah, clearly. Um, Submitted might be a boat. different matter, though. Number two is the boat name. I, I mm, love whatever Rob whatever Rob. was the better joke between Morgie and John not making it was. Uh, By the no, way, but, real quick, just the idea of like, you know, clumsily going through the conversation like that's I think part of the problem a lot of people have is like they just assume that they're supposed to know things or like it's OK to just like ask a bunch of questions or like not really know exactly how to you know discuss it or what to say as long as your intentions are right like and i think most people are they're just kind of afraid to say the wrong thing you know because uh, i tried to get this question to you a couple times bro you always left early uh you watched the wire right yes i haven't watched watch it in a while power, but i watched them all you watch power right no not a power fan well not a, i never watched it so i don't know if i'm a fan or not. i was gonna say are avon and stringer bell fans or stringer bell and those fans snitch lovers. Are they, are they snitch lovers? Is that what you asked? Snitch lovers, yes. Because Ghost snitched too on power. He's a snitch too. Mm. So is Tim the Tool Man Taylor, if you check my Twitter feed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's not wrong. Izzy, what's your answer? Um, I guess my answer is yes. <laughs> uh, that There you go. The answer <laughs> is a yes. Good answer. Uh, so to go back to what you said with um, it's okay to admit you don't know or to ask more. I, I feel like a lot of us were kind of going through that process tonight. And I don't say this flippantly, like um, what would be your general advice to the rest of it? Cause 
I feel there were times and you correct me if I'm wrong again, this isn't an insult where I could feel like, Hey, we weren't communicating the way this was supposed to be communicated. Right. And you took over, which again, you're a professional and made sure that the message was communicated right uh, here. And so where is it that like we should go as much as I think all of us here is, I know these people agree with the intention of the message what is it that we can do to further educate ourselves and make sure that we can articulate the message as well? Trying to, no, I mean, I don't think you were doing a poor job at all. I think you guys were just like dancing, like trying to not say the wrong thing. And I think what my point was just before is that like people just don't want to talk about it because they don't know, like they don't know. They're like, they literally don't know uh, the difference between gender and sex. And they, you know, like uh, people that will probably feel stupid, you know, if they, if they've, think they feel stupid or will look at as stupid if they uh ask questions or whatever so that that's that's where i was saying with that but just in terms of this like uh, i mean i don't think you guys need to know this but like i always just say like um you know what's the big deal if it just makes the other person happy right like people who have issues with pronouns like i'm not going to say they like why the hell not like what 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 does language mean to you really like <laughs> that, that was just made up <laughs> like you can't you can't say they just because you hadn't been saying it your whole life who the hell cares just say it because it makes that person feel better and uh and yeah so that's that's just kind of where i think about in general just uh Sorry, I'm not I'm not, there, I'm not no, sure if I answered your question, but no, you did. I, I just want to make sure that we weren't, you know, being no, no, you guys are fine. I'll go ahead. So, so Izzy, I feel like one of the things, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, that people run into is they just aren't exposed to this. They don't know. I mean, I don't necessarily know that I feel that way living in New York. I feel like I have a good diverse of of all different kinds, but that many people yep. don't know gay people or don't know transgender or don't know how to even approach mm-hmm. the subject. So do you have any tips on how people can just sort of not even educate themselves by looking, but sort of like exposing themselves to people or how to, well, probably phrasing, sorry, but phrasing. like getting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go around um, exposing you know, yourself to people. Get, getting um, themselves around others who can sort of help them sort of understand I don't that. Know hey, if there's not, much you know, like, I mean, it depends on where you are, wherever you're listening. Like, I don't know if there's really much you can do honestly i like watch a bunch of tv man like watch like some documentaries and stuff like that um that's where you know i picked up on a lot like you know going back several years and just really understanding like the black person's plight in this country and you know the everything stacked against them like I didn't really understand that in full until i just watched a bunch of a bunch of stuff um you know most people would say read but you know uh, how many people are going to take the time to do that as much, and especially, especially since like, you know, documentaries have just been so thorough and so well done lately. Um, I would say that like, um, because you'll find like, even uh, with transgender people, there's just a rich history of, of that within uh, even our country. Um, and you can see the responses and you can see sort of uh, the natural sort of bigotry set in just because there's confusion and there's, you know, uh, misunderstanding. So, um, that's probably the best way lately that I would say, you know, people are binging a bunch of shows. Like I just binge a bunch of stuff that, uh, or I would, I would recommend binging a bunch of stuff that, you know, sort of fills those gaps in your, in your, in your brain. <laughs> now, hey, bro, hey, bro what you call the people that might be marrying toasters and all of that weird stuff, bro? What, what they call the people? Yeah, I don't know anybody that's married a toaster. I feel like it's a dad joke set up right there. 
No, no. But I'm saying, though, I would just say, like, they made that a sexuality. Is it just safe to say that we could just say all oh, just like the masturbate funny, bro, and we don't even have to make that no sexuality? <laughs> like, uh, I, think, book, I think we're already past, like, kink shaming. Like, I think everybody's down to do whatever they want to do in their own little chat rooms. I think we're past that. But, um, but I'm saying, yeah, though, it's not I've a never, I've never heard of that. I've, I've never heard of the toaster uh, sexuality. I'm not sure. Where, I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm not sure bro, if that one has any legs. We're doing all this stuff. <laughs> And inanimate objects, y'all just masturbate funny, bro. That's Imagine true, thinking man. that Pac's uh, wire power question was going to be his worst question of the night. <laughs> Way for Pac to just double down and be like, you know what? No, I got worse. No, I mean, he's right. It's not it's no, I know. reality. They just masturbate funny. Yeah. <laughs> Did we wrap everything up here? Did we get everything that we felt we needed? I think yeah, 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 I do. Um, so I was just texting with G uh, a little a little while ago from the from Miami. Miami Heat beat. You were on with him uh, earlier today. Yes, I was. Right. Um, and then he mentioned he wanted to get the word out about the hangout with a shipping container. Uh, are you going to be uh, uh, part of that at all? Or um, it's an auction that they're having that the proceeds. Did they mention that to you on the on the pod? I don't. No? I don't know if I can uh, advertise oh, okay. if I would be there. But, oh, I see. Um, right, if, right, right. You know, if the fellows want to hit me up, I, I can see, show I up. Uh, Izzy, I'm gonna buy it if that helps at all. Well, it's Here's at eleven. It's at uh, eleven hundred bucks right now. Uh, full. Wow, it's impressive. They um they auction. It wasn't really an auction, but um they gave away uh an eight by ten signed train tracks picture of me. Which I saw that. I now must. I have to find an eight by ten picture of me and sign it. But <laughs> I can mail you mine if needed. Uh, I, can, I, can, I can be there. I can be there this Sunday. Uh, yeah. You guys are the best. 